Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicky, and on each episode of this show, we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week, it's Jackson Bailey and Zoe B. Yeah. <laughs> the party house. The dream team When I think of books, I think party time. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Most people do, I think. Yeah, I agree. No better time to read a book than in the middle of a party. <laughs> yeah. My best friend did that once, and yeah. it was the most insane thing. She was in the middle of Gone Girl, and she just, <laughs> like, and her fiancé dragged her out to this party, and she was like, nah, I'm going to go into one of the bedrooms, and just finished the book. <laughs> that's great. And it was such a power play. I was like, you are so amazing. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Storms out, there's a twist! There's a twist! <laughs> oh, my God! You oh. don't even know! <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Uh, we've been in a, a lockdown, out of a lockdown, back in. Mm. I can't tell you. Hopefully we're not in one right now and this is illegal. <laughs> I don't think it is. We ain't no nuts. <laughs> no, we ain't no nuts. <laughs> we tell. But it's great to be uh, podcasting in person, so thanks for coming oh, yeah. along. Um, I often ask by asking guests if they've been reading anything lately. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Zoe, first time on the podcast, have you been reading anything lately? No. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I read a book was in 2019. <laughs> that's not that long ago. That's not that long ago, but that's also two years ago. <laughs> yeah. What was it? I I was reading some textbooks for my master's. So mm. I had to read a bunch of textbooks on my my thesis topic. So I read a bunch of books called, like, Censoring Hollywood. And <laughs> oh, <yeah>. The Male Form. <laughs> that feels like stuff that after you read that... It gives you a license to take a couple of years off yeah, reading. Yeah, oh, I was yeah, like, all these sure. books in the bin, I'm done thinking for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. reading. Do you have a favourite, like, when you were a kid, did you have a favourite book? Did your parents read to you? Um, Not in, like, a nice way. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, this is... My parents gave me textbooks again. <laughs> so I, I, like, would have, like, some Stephen Hawking and shit like that. And my oh. dad would be like, have fun. <laughs> or, like, a book of botanicals. And he's like, have a good time, kiddo. Um, but my, my favourite book is Slaughterhouse-Five. I have okay. read a book before. That's great. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. good to prove that I can read. I've never um, read Slaughterhouse-Five. Neither have I. Oh, Often requested go. on this show. Maybe it's you can tell us about time. it sometime. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Oh, okay. That's fine. Or botanicals. That'd yeah, be fine, yeah, too. Yeah. Flowers I've got down. Yeah, you know that stuff. Uh, and Jackson, how about you? Have you been reading anything lately? Uh, I have. I, I read a, a whole bunch, I, I don't know, like a couple of months ago, and then I was like, all right, i got to take a break. And then I recently ordered a bunch of books that I'm going to start reading again. And also, my partner's been sick, so I've been reading aloud to her. Aww. I know. So I've read aloud uh, Bill Bryson's At Home and A Short History of Nearly Everything. So, And it's so funny, I think. You read a book, and you're like, this was a good book. And then you read a book out loud, and you're like, I don't know if this guy... <laughs> 
can write very well. <laughs> the amount of, like, paragraph-long sentences that Bill Bryson loves to throw out. I don't know. I, or, and then at home, he... St- and I only notice this when I'm reading it out loud. He gets lazy, and he just lists things. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll be like, they made many different things at this furniture store. And uh, as a reader, that's enough for me. And then he'll be like, like chairs and ottomans <laughs> and tables and couches. And I'm like, Bill Bryson, you, you, you don't have to say everything <laughs> that they made. He's not respecting his audience. Though. Yeah. It's like that very small, very tiny, sweet pea fucking word count bullshit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's what it feels like a lot of the time. But um, no, at the moment I'm reading a book called uh, Alone on the Ice about uh, an Arctic expedition that went terribly wrong. Um, I think it, the guy's name was Mawson or something. I don't oh, know. yeah. And uh, he... <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah that, the Aussie guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was, the, he used to be on our money. Yeah. He was, yeah. yeah the, it was the Australasian what? Arctic something something. And what happened is it was him and two other guys, and they had uh, two sleds, and they were like, what we'll do is we'll put all of our important gear, because they were going across glaciers, and glaciers have these sinkholes that you can't tell if the sinkhole's there. It's just like looks like snow but then you just fall through and they were like what we're gonna do is we'll put everything important on our back sled and then and all our food and all of our equipment and we'll have one guy walking alongside that (laughs) and we'll be on the front sled which has nothing but that means we can see where all of the holes are and then i can see this going very (laughs) badly and then they're like they cross over a a hole and they're like or or a crevasse but they're like oh well we didn't layer We, we we should be fine like we didn't layer it down and as they, they go across it and as they hear the second sled go across it, they say that they hear like a, ah, but they just assume it's the guy mushing on the dogs or whatever. And then like five minutes later, they're like, mm, they turn around and it's completely gone. Yeah. It fell through the ice. Oh, and and they like, just didn't realize. Ah. And the guy's last words was, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, excuse me. Ah. Just dying of politeness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, should I, I should probably tell you something. Oh, yeah. ah. And you, guys, you guys are having a conversation. <laughs> no, I'll, 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 I'll just fall through. You're the, the leaders. I'm just the guy with the back stuff. <laughs> no one's even remembering my name. And they made it like an effort. They, the reason, because they went across the the snow bridge fine, and they were like, his sled should have gone across fine. But they specifically were like, you'll walk alongside it, not ride on it. And they think because he was like a guy, he wasn't spread out the weight on the snow bridge, oh. so he fell through. And then that broke the surface tension of the snow or whatever, and his sled fell through. And now they're, I don't know what they're going to do. They got 28 days. They but got, yeah. someone had to write the books. So. Yes, exactly. Well, I think the two guys survived, but I don't think it was good. <laughs> and if well. I know the story correctly, they go crazy from eating husky liver because you shouldn't eat husky liver. I don't. Yeah, like that that feels like a given. Eat the rest of the meat first. Well, I assume they, I assume they <laughs> yeah, did. No, they, they only eat the livers. Yeah, they like throw the, out the rest yes. of the core. Of the meat oh, yeah. <laughs> Love me some liver. Sweet, sweet dog liver. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a crazy story. So that's what I'm reading. Cool. Yeah. Well, guess what? I've been reading something. Whoa. What? Get out. <laughs> For this show. No way. It's good to have homework. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, this one came right down to the wire. <laughs> Seriously. I've been leaving it a little too late lately, but because uh, the world we live in isn't enough of a hellscape for me. For sure. I've decided to read a dystopian classic. Oh, I see. I have read, which is a reveal to you, both of you, because you yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah. Fahrenheit 451. Oh, I've do you not know read anything, that book. Do you know anything about this? It's about setting books on fire, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Presumably not only about that, <laughs> but that's a theme. 
That is a theme uh, yeah. recurring, and it's it's slightly more than that, but not much, to be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is uh, the real crux. He thought of the idea and really mm. ran with it here. Yeah. I will, I'm excited. I feel like this is one of those books. Sometimes I do a thing where I will Wikipedia a book instead of reading it, or I'll do the same thing with a movie where I'm like, I don't everyone actually watch this movie or read this book, so I'll Wikipedia it. Oh, so I, you can fake it. So I can fake it, yeah. Well, I frequently do that with movies, and then I decide from that if I should watch it. That's that fair as well, yeah. And really ruin the movie. <laughs> I go, oh, yeah, I reckon I would have liked that. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. Yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah. Still save two hours, you know? Well, I think for me it'll be like with Fahrenheit 519. <laughs> 451. 911. <laughs> with that, I was like, I don't know what genre this book is. And I want, I'm like, is it a sci fi? What's going on? So I think part of Wikipediaing it was. I, I hate the the saying Wikipediaing. That's, that feels terrible. <laughs> That's no better alternative, well, but it's bad. High school, like, <laughs> been drummed into you to be like Wikipedia doesn't count as a reference. What? Well, no, but just say Wikipedia and Wikipedia. tell me if it feels good just to say. Googling. No, but it wasn't Googling. I was using Wikipedia. <laughs> do, 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 do. What about wiki, wikiing? Yeah. That sounds bad too. Wiki, wikiing. <laughs> you say wiki, wiki. <laughs> yeah, come on, that's cool. Yeah, I was just doing a wiki, wiki. <laughs> um, but no, I'm excited to find out about Fahrenheit 5295. <laughs> Let's round it up. Fahrenheit 1000. Uh, so a bunch of people have told me to do this book. You can uh, There's a link in the description of this episode if you're listening at home and you want to tell me a book or a play or something I should do. And a bunch of people, when I went through my, uh, my suggestion list, had asked me to do Fahrenheit 451. Okay. Uh, usually I read out where people are from as well, but we're going to be here for about an hour. If that okay. happens. So these <laughs> yeah, people are yeah. from uh, Australia, the USA, the UK, Ireland, Germany, and Austria. So Ooh. You could have just said the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the world. Uh, so thank you to Meg, Thomas Jennings, Thomas Majerick Jr., Thomas Doppelreiter, Kira Crawford, Gregory Gritman, Caleb Janney, Ryan, Josh Scar, Nesta Giharo, Hayden Rogers, Caitlin Turner, Madison Wecker, Ethan Venables, Hermione, Catherine, Quentin Chalair, Kayla Hodkowitz. It does sound like I'm making these up. <laughs> so That's funny. where they're real. From there Greg- so many, there's been so many times where I'm like, Andy, start. No, yeah, no, sorry. From Gregory Gritman. <laughs> <laughs> like, these are all going to be fake. Gregory, Gregory. That's the name of an orangutan <laughs> in the great, circus, dude. <laughs> it's a supporter of our podcast. Thanks, Gregory. Uh, <laughs> Quentin Chalair, I said, Kayla Hodkowitz, Miranda Norris, Catherine Schuler. Donald Conacher, Daisy Weeks, Gareth Lingham, and finally Anna Langdon from Bristol who said, I told my English teacher that I'd read it and she wants to discuss it. Whoopsies. <laughs> uh, actually, reading it is obviously out of the question. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and that was written in October 2020, <laughs> so I hope that conversation has been put off for many months. Fingers crossed. Or they employ Jackson's technique of Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. wiki Just wiki-wiki. <laughs> yeah, wiki Sorry, that's the way. Yeah. Um, so I usually give a bit of a background. So Fahrenheit 451 is a 1953 dystopian novel by American author Ray Bradbury. Primarily known as a fantasy and horror writer, he was prolific, writing 30 books and close to 600 short stories in his mm. time. Okay, show off. Yeah. But his most acclaimed work is Fahrenheit 451. It was a real success upon publication, becoming an instant classic in the era of McCarthyism, known for its exploration of themes of censorship and conformity as well. Fine. Mm-hmm. So it was of the time. Uh, he died in 2012 at the age of 91. That's good innings. <laughs> he did it, everyone. <laughs> you at the funeral. That was good innings. That's yeah. good innings. We shouldn't be sad. <laughs> A small applause. Uh, the New York Times called Bradbury the most responsible for bringing modern science fiction into the literary mainstream. Wow. 
All right. It's weird to imagine a world where sci-fi wasn't mainstream. Yeah, I suppose you could. You, you, it's funny that you could be like Ray Bradbury. Uh, is the it's Star Wars? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Naturally led to Star Wars, brought into the mainstream. Thank you, well, Ray Bradbury. Like all our movies are superhero movies yeah. at this point. We're just like, well, that's not not <laughs> sci-fi. Yeah, that's kind of its own terrible thing. It yeah. got worse. <laughs> Ray <Sars>. Bradbury, stop! <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Ray. <laughs> if you could go back in time and kill one man, <laughs> it'd be himself. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Now, before the opening line, which I always start with, after the title page, there is a page that just says Fahrenheit 451, colon, the temperature at which book paper catches fire and burns. Oh. Uh, which is equal to 232.78 degrees Celsius. Okay. That's hot. So it's quite hot. That's hot. So it would be hard to set fire to a book in the oven. Yeah, that's true, but not impossible. Not impossible. <laughs> you got to crank it. you got to crank it, but you could cook a book. That's, that's, good that's how they invented cookbooks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wondered if this was actually true, and the good people at Slate.com answered my question. Enough people at Google. <laughs> uh, not quite. Bradbury's title refers to the auto-ignition point of paper, the temperature what? at which it will catch Eight? fire without being exposed to an external flame. So if it's in a... Uh, a room that's hot enough, oh, it will okay. just combust. Hey, I think most things would. Like, <laughs> I think if you're in a room and it's 230 degrees, I'd catch on fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, oh, man. <laughs> catch on fire just to take me out of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it says, in truth, there's no authoritative value for this. So there's been a few experiments. So we don't know. Oh, so we've got an unreliable narrator. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. right. Or, and we could do some of our own research, which I like. You could, we could burn a book. That is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Starting with Fahrenheit 451 <laughs> for the bullshit that it spread. <laughs> so that's the title page. Well, there's a page after the title page that says that. Then there's the opening line, which is, it was a pleasure to burn. Oh, that's good. Great opening line. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and the opening line is really what gets you. Yeah, Hooks yeah. Best of times, worst of times. <laughs> you know, you need those iconic opening lines. It's That's true. right. Yeah. And uh, it was a special pleasure to see things eaten, to see things blackened and changed. With a brass nozzle in his fists, with a great python spitting its venomous kerosene upon the world, the blood pounded in his head, and his hands were the hands of some amazing conductor playing all the symphonies of blazing and burning to bring down the tatters and charcoal ruins of history. Woof. And we're off. Yeah, we are off. What's that other famous opening line? This is going to sound fake, but it is true. Something like bang, 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 three shots ripped into my groin and I was off on the greatest adventure of my life. <laughs> what book's that? What is that? That's a famous that's, opening line from That's something. your autobiography. <laughs> that's how you lose your second ball. <laughs> something, yeah, like bang, 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 three shots ripped into my groin and I was off on the greatest adventure of my life. I oh, s- I've got it here. Yeah. From World Book Day, 30 great opening lines from literature. <laughs> Thanks, bang, bang, Day. bang. Four shots ripped into my groin and I was off on the greatest adventure of my life. Very well remembered. I was close, yeah. That is Sleep Till Noon, Max Schulman, 1988. There you go. I don't know, I don't know what the book's about, yeah. but that opening line grabbed me clearly. <laughs> yeah. You're just obsessed with groins. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a little bit. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. You, 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 it, it's an intense start to an adventure. Yeah, but you can do it for the next episode. Yeah, We've yeah, there you go. Book. Oh, it looks it like, so that was the year he died. Sleep till noon, 1950. Okay. Uh, I was also thinking, wow, he wrote this in the year he died. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> was, was this autobiographical? Yeah. <laughs> Three shots in the groin. Greatest adventure of my life. Death. <laughs> <laughs> the end.
The final frontier. <laughs> well, of course, so this, this, this is how it starts. I love that opening line. That's yeah, good. It was a pleasure to burn. Oh. Uh, now, our story takes place in an unspecified city in the US in a distant future. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can we get, like, can we decide? I think it's Minnesota. I want to say oh, okay. Delaware. Yeah. I don't think Delaware is a city. Yeah, Whoops. It's somewhere <laughs> in Delaware. <laughs> I've got a real affinity for Spokane, Washington. So. Oh, great choice. It could be. Yeah. Someone takes a bus to St. Louis. Okay. I don't know if those are close, but sure. But I mean, yeah. I suppose you'd be a really long bus ride. Yeah, it could be a long bus oh, ride. Or a really close St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> they moved it for the movie. <laughs> So uh, we meet our main character there. That's the guy burning shit. Guy Montag. Mm. Referred to throughout as Montag. It's mm, good. That's a... Blech. You don't like Montag? Blech. Okay. That's that's a gross... Not a gross name, but it's just a name that you spit. Montag. Montag. Montag yeah. I think what it I don't... There's no poetry to it. It does sound like he could be like a guy that chews tobacco or mm. something. Montag. Montag. <laughs> yeah, if Montag. he was a cowboy, I'd be down with it. What if know? he was a 1970s cop? Like the TV show's called oh, Montag. Yeah, that's yeah, good. That's good. That's yeah. good. Montag. You don't want to mess with this guy. <laughs> well, he actually works as a firefighter. Okay. Oh, well. But in the future, the job, as we know it, has changed quite a lot. See if you can see the <laughs> subtle differences. Okay. You see, the houses are now fireproof, so there's no real need for a team of firefighters to put out fires. Okay. But who are getting cats out of trees? <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really... <laughs> Broken down the firefighting role into only one thing. You're right. They do many, many jobs. But in this, they're like, hey, you don't need to put out fires anymore. But instead, they are charged with starting fires. Oh. Oh, Big difference. In this world, books have become outlawed, and firefighters' job is to seek them out and set fire to them in the houses that the books have been found in. Oh. I'm sad that for for a brief second, even though I I kind of already knew this is where I was going. (laughs) From your Wikipedia career. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for a brief second, I thought it was going to be a world where houses, instead of catching fire, catch water. (laughs) 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 To burn them out. The the only way to stop that was to put the whole city underwater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is in Atlantis, USA. <laughs> yeah. uh, Montag wears a helmet symbolically numbered 451. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, after his work, he showers luxuriously, it says. <laughs> Love a luxurious yeah. shower. That is good. That's the only kind I have. <laughs> it's always luxurious. He's setting fire to books all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. apparently he smells like kerosene all the time, it says. Mm. He then slides down a golden fireman's pole and walks home. Is he oh. hot? <laughs> I'm imagining that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Firemen are hot. Firemen are hot. Yeah. Whether they're burning literature or <laughs> getting cats out of trees. Yeah. <laughs> and he can't check this feeling that he's been having lately. Like someone's been there just before him. Oh, okay. Waiting for him and then disappearing just before he gets there and looks around. Got it's slightly uneasy. What does that feeling feel like? Spooky. <laughs> like, like, but how do you... How do you, is it like he's seeing stuff or does he just vibing no, like... No, it's a vibe, yeah. He's just like, oh. Because people have been in... Mo- <laughs> no thoughts, only vibes. <laughs> I just think people have been in most places. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's, no, yeah. there's nowhere I arrive where someone hasn't been previously. Yeah, so like an obscure mountaintop and he's like, finally, I've shaken that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Well, then he, he then meets his neighbour, 17-year-old Clarice McClellan. Mm-hmm. McClellan, I should say. <laughs> Uh, and instantly, it's clear that she's not like everyone else. Oh. This is their opening convo. Of course, he said, you're a new neighbour, aren't you? And you must be, she raised her eyebrows from his professional symbols, the fireman. Her voice trailed off. At this point, it does sound like a porno. But <laughs> <laughs> How oddly you say that, he replies. I'd, I'd have known it with my eyes shut, she said slowly. What, the smell of kerosene? My wife always complains, he laughed. You never wash it off completely. 
no, you don't, she said in awe. <laughs> and from this point on, I don't know why, but I started imagining the whole book as an anime. Yeah. <laughs> That's a slightly stilted conversation. Yeah. <laughs> not, not very human. No, you don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little anime grunts yeah. after everything, yeah. And apart from the whole book burning thing, we quickly realised that this isn't society as we know it. Society does not seem to have free thought or have meaningful conversations. Oh, okay. Oh, so everyone is having these yeah. weird little yeah. anime combos. And even this, she is more. She speaks more freely than anyone else. Whoa. He's, so he's encountered her and is like, oh, you, you speak differently. Yeah. You see, in this society, they drive very fast jet cars. Ooh. And I love how that is explained by Clarice the young girl to Montag. She says, have you seen the 200-foot-long billboards in the country beyond town? Did you know that once billboards were only 20 feet long? But cars started rushing by so quickly, they had to stretch the advertising out so it would last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what does that look like? <laughs> it's really, so if you're just you know, like at, a flip book? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that would be... And also, like, you... A billboard's great because you pay attention to it briefly because you should be paying attention to the road. <laughs> that long. It's there for like 25 <laughs> minutes yeah. telling you a full story. That's great. So they get talking and Clarice challenges a few of Montag's ideas about things and asks him if he reads. Mm. And he says, that's illegal. Yeah. I actually burn books. Yeah. So I, actually think, the... I think you've, we've established that I am a fire <laughs> man. No, that's weird. And she talks about nature and things like that. And he's like, well, what's wrong with you? You're a bit strange. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about stuff like that in this society. Before leaving, Clarice asks him one question, and that is, are you happy? And he says, am I what? Only to find that she has gone. But this Ghost. question, she goes, she, she, she disappears to her house. Whoa. And this question really sets off our guy Montag, and he really sets in motion the rest of the story. He sort of can't get that question out of his mind. Am I happy? Damn. Because at first he's like, yes, of course I am. But slowly he realizes he's not. I think you could ask that of anyone and do that to them. <laughs> yeah. The more you think about it, what is happiness? I, I never want to be asked if I'm no, happy. No. I don't ever have to examine that. You know what you I mean? You always just want to be content. Yeah, 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 exactly. So Montag, with this new information on board, goes home to find his wife Mildred. Lying in bed, sleeping, listening to... Is her name Mildred Montag? <laughs> it would be. Mildred Montag. Uh, Mildred Montag. <laughs> Millie Montag, what it's called me. <laughs> She's like already uh, asleep in bed, uh, listening to seashell little radios that attach to her ears that pump in an electronic ocean of sound, of music and talk and music and talk, it says here. <laughs> Yeah, I've copied that in. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these like little headphones? Yeah, they're like little earbud headphones. Like before I imagined That's that cool. they were widely available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. invented those. And like these, they're sort of a, a brainwashing technique that she listens to a lot. Okay. It's clear that there is at the very least communication problems in this marriage because he's come home mm. having this existential crisis <laughs> and she's just in bed <laughs> listening to the brainwashing radio. That sounds nice. Yeah, that, that sounds like, beautiful. That's a, it's the fifties. Yeah, exactly. That's how men and women communicate. That's how. That's what a relationship was. The man has the existential crisis. <laughs> the man has thoughts. Yeah, the woman's brainwashed by seashells or whatever. <laughs> well, it only gets worse when getting home in their dark bedroom. Montag discovers that his wife Mildred has overdosed on sleeping pills. Oh no! He trips over a container and realizes, hang on, that's empty. So he calls for medical help and two guys show up who aren't even medical doctors and they don't really give a shit and are totally just going through the motions. They pump her stomach and then use a machine to replace all of her blood. Are they oh. 
even though they're not medical doctors, is this their job? Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is their job. They talk about it like they've come there. They talk about it as if they're like t- guys that service a vending machine. Oh, okay. oh so suicides are so common. Yeah, they're so, <laughs> this happens all the time. All night they save people like this. Yeah. So far, like it's so common that they've come up with a machine just to save people from overdosing yeah. on sleeping pills. Yeah. Wow. And they come through and then... Montag's like, is she going to be okay? They're like, yeah, she'll be right. Sorry, mate, we got to go. We've got to go do another job down <laughs> the road. What to do? Slap yeah. her on the thigh <laughs> and they're like, well, she's fine. <laughs> Society is not doing so well. Yeah, yeah, evidently. And during the background of all of this is the threat of nuclear war. In the book it says... Ra- just add a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's more stress. A radio hum somewhere. War may be declared at any hour. This country stands ready to defend itself. So that's the oh, all right. That's the vibe. That's just hanging over them the whole time, for sure. But his wife's overdose and being revived really shakes Montag, and he keeps thinking about Clarice, the girl who sort of blew his mind a little bit, and what she said to him with her really deep personal questions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. happy? Oh God, I didn't know. <laughs> Let me get inside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> over the next few days, Clarice faithfully meets Montag each night as he walks home. Oh. She explains that at school she's seen as an outcast because she doesn't fit in with the others. That's because you're asking too many fucking questions. <laughs> she, she asks uh, why, but not how, when they instructed her to do something. Oh. And uh, this means that she has to go to therapy for her odd behaviour and strange thoughts. Okay. And Montag begins to look forward to these meetings, almost like he's waking up to the world for the first time, until one day Clarice disappears. Uh-oh. Yeah. Just before we go on, mm-hmm. is Montag horny for Clarice? No, I think he's horny for the truth. Okay, good, good. No, just because they established that she was 17 and yeah, I was that's like, does fair. it get gross? Yeah, no, it, no, it doesn't get gross. All right, good, good. That's good. He just... <laughs> I needed to know because that was really changing my perspective. I was also that. getting those vibes early on. I'm yeah. like, what is going on? She's 17. This is weird, man. This is weird. Do not meet her after work every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it's just yeah. for the existential crisis... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's that's, all that's good. All right. An existential crisis can come from anyone. If a child of five grabbed my face and was like, are you happy? I'd ha- that You'd would be, be like, a... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I pay a therapist to not yeah. think of this. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it would be even more confounding for five-year-olds. <laughs> oh, do you send something that I don't? Yeah. <laughs> so Clarice has disappeared. Montag has no idea what's happened to her. Meanwhile, he confronts Mildred about the overdose, which is his wife, mm. which she cannot remember at all. Because she was overdosed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, she, she, <laughs> and she even denies when he brings it up. He's like, how do you feel after last night? She's like, oh, pretty good. I had a great sleep. Yeah, it was great. One of the best and, nights of my life. He's like, oh, how about that bit where you overdosed and I had to get two people to revive you with a special machine? She's like, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nice try. <laughs> she, she treats him like he's silly. <laughs> uh, Gaslighting not- him. <laughs> Another event rocks Montag when at work he's called to an old woman's house who has a stash of books. Montag and his firemen, led by his boss, Captain Beatty, douse the place in kerosene, and the men are prepared to set fire to the house and they begin a countdown to zero to get everyone out of the house. When the homeowner, the old woman, appears on the porch, she's holding a match and tells the men that they can stop counting down and she lights it herself. Whoa. Fucking boss. Lighting yeah. her books and herself completely on fire. There's That's an inferno. She's... Engulfed in flames. That's cool. I mean, it's upsetting, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's, it's a badass move. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And Montag is shocked by what he's seen. Why would the woman choose to burn with all her books, he starts thinking. He's also secretly grabbed a book and hidden it in his oh pants. Oh, my God. Montag. What book? 
copy of the Bible. Oh. Ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> of all the books you could grab. <laughs> and at this point, you're thinking, is this secretly a Christian book? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it is. Okay. <laughs> but it does feel a bit like this What this book saved his life. Yeah. But it, maybe it kind of does. We'll see. He's not sure why, but he gets home and he hides it under his pillow. Right on the spot. <laughs> Come on, yeah. my it, I'm I'm so sorry to, to interrupt. I'm just so confused as the idea of, like, no books. Does that mean no writing whatsoever? Like, do newspapers and magazines exist? Yeah, no, it's all replaced by TV and radio are big things. Okay. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. like, in my mind, being the future is now, but yeah. it was them past, like, the idea of being, like... <laughs> There's no books, only Kindles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, yeah, it's not like they're not annoyed at paper cuts. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, what are the rules here? Of them all. No, there's no yeah, sort of written literature at all. Okay. 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 Just to establish. Except for 200-foot billboards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe they've just got a picture on them. Yeah. yeah. Does, Does that mean people are illiterate? Can he read the Bible? Yeah, like, could you yeah. leave notes for one another? <laughs> yeah, they can read. Yeah. What about tattoos that have that are worse? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. What do they mean? <laughs> do you, can you keep a journal? Yeah. Like when does a journal become a book? When do they got to burn my yeah, my I don't diary? Think you could keep a diary. I don't. Think. Oh, okay. Mm. Just because we need to establish all these questions <laughs> yeah. before we get arrested. Well, the good news is it sounds like podcasts. Not yeah, banned. we're in the clear. Yeah, good. Good. We'll have to be presumably pro government propaganda, but yeah, yeah, that's still. Right. I'm not sure if you can have a podcast about a book. <laughs> Damn it! Well, you you're, you're do, out. Yeah. Yeah, we're done. still in. We're our we're podcast in. about nothing. Yeah, exactly. Nothing is big. That's they good. love. No- these people love nothing. <laughs> They're brainwashed with nothing. We would be very. We would be very popular. Yeah. So he asked his wife, Mildred, if she's heard anything about Clarice the neighbour. And it's saddened to hear that... Clarice a- never exists. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it does feel like that's building to that. But she says, oh, that girl. Yeah, apparently I heard um, her family moved away because she was struck by a car and killed. Mm. Sounds like the secret police Oof. got her. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, just yeah. a little bit. Fucking <laughs> book police. Monte, after all these events, so his wife tries to commit suicide... He sees this woman set herself on fire. Clarice, his only guiding light in these dark times, has been uh, taken out by a car. He's had enough, and the next day he calls in sick to work. He speaks to Mildred, trying to have a bit of a connection with his wife, but really she's only interested in her parlour wall, which are giant TV screens the size of walls. Wow. Sick. That's cool. So big flat screens, but the entire wall is a is a screen. That's like a too... projector. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, a screen. Yeah. 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 Okay. The 50s, they're like, what? That's yeah. I guess if back in the 1950s, your TV was like the size of a cracker. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she has three and is hoping to have a fourth wall installed soon. Aww, that's cool. Yeah, good on her. Just a I big like TV room surrounded. <laughs> TV floor, TV ceiling. ceiling. Yeah, How, where do you go? Where do you go? You can just lay in it and constantly absorb media. I'd be down for that. You could yeah. watch six shows at once. Yeah, or the w- one show six times. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. Well, she's not giving much attention to Montag, who is in the midst of this crisis. He asks her if she can remember when, when, and how they first met, but she cannot. Oh. So these people don't think about memories like this oh. often. Mm. One person who does suspect Montag of having a crisis is his boss, Captain Beatty. Damn it, Beatty. Who is a bit of an interesting character, we learned, because he used to be a reader. Oh. Now he's the guy that burns the books. Oh, self-hating book reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, self-hating book reader. That's so sad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he explains to Montag that it's natural for a firefighter to be curious about the books that he's burning. That makes sense. Mm. 
And then he explains how books began to be banned in the first place. Because he he doesn't know for sure, but he senses that Montag's a bit off. And he's like, I think yeah. you might be one. He's, he's an old hat at this. He knows yeah. the vibe. Yeah. yeah. You seem like a reader. <laughs> Originally, people began to lose interest in reading after the advent of television. And that some minority groups objected to certain books that they found offensive, so they were banned. But then other people found other books offensive, so they got banned. Oh. Pretty soon, all the books began to look the same as no one wanted to risk offending anyone. Oh, okay. He says, quote, it didn't come from the government down. There was no dictum, no declaration, no censorship to start with. No. Technology, mass exploitation, and a minority pressure carried the trick. Thank God. <laughs> so it's like, uh, yeah, people rallying against uh, different books. And eventually it was felt that books and learning in general created inequality and unhappiness, and so all books were banned. Funerals were also banned as they were soon as unhappy and pagan. Now everyone is just burnt after they die. That rules. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. Funerals are long and annoying. Yeah. Okay, you're seeing some glimpses of hope in our future. Yeah, it's kind of good. I like this weird Kindle future. <laughs> I'll sacrifice books if I don't have to go to a funeral yeah, anymore. No, it's all right. I've given up books willingly. Yeah, so true. <laughs> And as for firefighters themselves, it says, quote, they were given the new job as custodians of our peace of mind, the focus of our understandable and rightful dread of being inferior, official censors, judges, and executors. That's you, Montag, and that's me, says Captain <laughs> Beebe. I really like that in this world. What came first, the banning of all literature or houses becoming fireproof? <laughs> because that changes what happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's also it's funny. It's so funny to imagine houses become fireproof, so they're like the firefighter is obsolete, and then they're like, we need someone to burn books, and they're like, well, we got a lot of firefighters hanging around. <laughs> yeah. Someone's like, well, they actually those skills aren't transferable. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think, no, I think they know a lot about fire. <laughs> you can put out a fire. You can start a fire. <laughs> you always hear the, those fi- the fire bugs turning out to That's be firefighters. Good point, good point. That's right, they just tried, they <laughs> chose all those ones, found them out, and then fired everyone else. Yeah. They're like, oh, you actually enjoy saving people's lives? Uh-uh, Get no out. job Bam. for you. That's right. And then that, on day one, they look around. Everyone here is also a fire, fire starter. <laughs> You're all fire. prodigy just starts playing. Welcome, Twisted Fire Starters. <laughs> on his way out, Beatty tells Montag that in theory, he's like, I don't know if you've got any books, but if if I knew someone who had books, I'd give them 24 hours to read them and see for themselves that there's nothing in them. And after that, I'd come back and I'd burn them for him. That's a bummer that he got the Bible because that's like <laughs> yeah, a, that's uh, a kind of unreadable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's the Old Testament too. Oh, it's God. really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> oh. you, you're going, what is this? What? <laughs> what is he? If, if there are no books, how do they learn to read? I'm so sorry. The world <laughs> building in this is... Is how, nuts. How what, did they learn to yeah. read? <laughs> That's a good question. Maybe no. Paul, what was it? Fucking Dan Bradbury. Every time he's trying to write this book, and I'm like, okay, hold on, one, one little world building question. <laughs> Damn, question little question. Maybe they just put subtitles on all the, the TV screens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah, that that's all it? I needed. It's a good. It's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Not reading. They could, and they could have explained it away by being like, there's like state newspapers that are full of propaganda that people. You're still going to need to read the news, yeah. even though it's... But then I guess if cancel culture killed all books or whatever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he certainly rallied against that very early on. Uh, with that, so Beatty's like, have you got any books? I'd read them if I was you just for a bit. So with that, Montag begins a long and frenzied night of reading. He turns to his wife, Mildred, for help and confesses to her that over the previous years, he's kept a stash of books in the air conditioning vent in their roof. So he's been Whoa. hoarding them. But he hasn't been reading them. No. Uh-huh. That's funny. It's he funny. teeters the line. <laughs> yeah. He's almost a bad boy. Almost. Mm. 
And now he wants to read them and see if there's anything in them. But she prefers her TV and can't understand why he'd want to take the risk of reading. Mm. Yeah, I'm with Mildred. <laughs> it's a big risk. Yeah. You don't know what'll happen. And the TV has the wire, so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and that's the end of part one. Then part two is The Sieve and the Sand. Oh, it's a good title. Hey, book cheaters, just Dave here letting you know that this week's episode is brought to you by the good people at ExpressVPN. Now, recently I was out walking my dog Humphrey and I got a call from a company and I had to give out my credit card details over the phone and I was freaking out that someone would overhear me and use my credit card details. So I was like whispering and, and like running 10 meters and then saying the next numbers. I probably looked out of my mind. But if you are on your phone or your computer without ExpressVPN, it's like giving out your details for other people to overhear every single time. Don't be that person. Because internet service providers like Comcast or Verizon know every single website that you visit. These internet service providers can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. No matter how quietly you think you're whispering with the incognito modes or whatever, they can still track your history. That's why when I'm on my phone and my laptop, I use ExpressVPN. I fire up the app and I click one button and I've automatically got a secure encrypted tunnel between my device and the internet and then other people can't peep on my online activity. If I'm using public Wi-Fi and I want a bit bit more protection, say I'm doing a bit of online banking, I make sure that ExpressVPN is protecting me. And like I said, I have it on my phone and my laptop. You can even put it on your router so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected at the same time. And you too can secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash bookcheat today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash bookcheat. And you can get an extra three months for free. I recently did this and now I don't have to worry about anyone peeping on me for a whole nother year. So one more time to get three months extra free, you can go to expressvpn.com slash bookcheat. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Part two is The Sieve and the Sand. Realising that Mildred can't help him, he remembers that he has the phone number and address of a retired English professor, a man called Faber. About a year ago in the park, he'd met Faber. The two got talking and, and Faber eventually admitted that 40 years ago he'd been a professor in the last arts college before it got shut down. Oh. oh. That's cause it's all quite recent that this yeah. has Yeah. So, okay. I guess it would make sense that his generation could read. That's true. That's true. Uh, thinking that he may have the why last... He... Sorry, why did he need to explain to him that? <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop talking. <laughs> uh, thinking that he may have the last printed copy of the Bible, uh, the copy that he took from the woman's house, it was set alight, Montag heads to Faber's home. At first, Faber is suspicious and thinks Montag is setting him up. After all, he's a firefighter there being like, Yeah, yeah fair. You got any books? <laughs> he's like, No, sir, of course not. You know I'm not allowed to books read. Books are a man, dude. But eventually Faber <laughs> Are agreed. you a firefighter? You gotta tell me if you're a firefighter. <laughs> yeah, <that's> the rule. <laughs> 
But eventually, Faber agrees to help him understand books. Montag is surprised to hear that people read them for leisure in the past. Because it's the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, this sure. is really This difficult. was fun for people? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Faber says, there is nothing magical in them at all. The magic is only in what books say, how they stitch the patches of the universe together into one garment for us. Well, you can tell books are knowledge you can yeah. wear. <laughs> okay. Uh, Montag then says, this afternoon I thought that if it turned out the books were worthwhile, we might get a press and print some extra copies. Whoa. Oh. To which Favor replies, Now, if you start talking that sort of talk, that might get me burnt for my trouble. The only way I could possibly listen to you would be if somehow the fireman structure itself could be burnt. Now, if you suggest that we print extra books and arrange to have them hidden in firemen's houses all over the country so that the seeds of suspicion would be sown amongst these arsonists, bravo, I would say. And he's actually joking there. Okay. It's like, oh, you want to print books, huh? Why don't we go even uh, one step further and start planning books? And then Montag's like, I love that plan. <laughs> it looks like you've thought about it yeah. and we are going to do it. He's like, well, well, I was only kidding. Yeah. And then Montag's like, that's the plan. So that becomes their clandestine plan. Faber will contact a printer and begin reproducing books and Montag will plant books in the homes of firemen to discredit the profession and to destroy the machinery of censorship. What's a printer still doing? What's he spend his time doing? Yeah. It's one of those 90s books. ones where it's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been waiting for work for 40 years. Yeah. And because this is the future, let's not forget, Faber gives Montag a device called the Green Bullet that oh. he has invented which is inserted into Montag's ear and allows him to hear what Books. Faber hears and also secretly talk to Montag. Oh. There's a lot of that, like, sci-fi, oh, we're predicting the future stuff going on in this book, you know? Like when... when it's a... some kind of dystopian novel? <laughs> no, but, like, when a sci-fi author would be like, what if there was clam shells you could put on your ears? And you're like... We got that now. That's headphones. Yeah. What if there was a green bullet you could put in your ear and you could hear someone talking? We got that now. That's headphones. He's just invented many different types of headphones. What if there's some device that sort of cancelled the noise around <laughs> yeah. you? You could wear it over your ears. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's headphones. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what if there's one with like a little remote on the wire that you could turn the volume up? Huh? <laughs> it's all the one device, Ray Bradbury. He's obsessed with headphones. <laughs> So that's the plan. And now he's got the green bullet in so Faber can hear what he hears and also secretly talk to him. Mm-hmm. Montag goes home and finds that his wife is hosting two of her friends around. Good. Bit of a girl's night that, in. Yeah, yeah, that's good. She needs it. She's had a rough week. She, she OD'd. She yeah. forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> watch. She's getting that new screen. She's getting There's that a lot new screen. And her husband's thinking of books. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are watching the giant screens of the parlor walls and Montag tries to engage them with what he sees as civil conversation, but they are not interested. Because yeah. oh, the big TV's talking. Yeah. <laughs> And he snaps. And what do you do when you've truly snapped? You grab a book of poetry and start reading it out loud. <laughs> and that's what he does. You know what? I know some, like, cis straight white men who would. So, yeah. I think that what a great way to ruin someone's TV watching party. <laughs> uh, stop talking. <gasps> and now a bit of Keats. <laughs> So the women are very confused by what they hear. Remember, no one has heard these books in their lifetime before, yeah. and now he's quoting uh, poetry at them. And Faber, who's the uh, guy listening in on the green bullet, is very alarmed by what he hears. He's like, shut the hell <laughs> Don't up. read poetry, No, <laughs> they are not appreciating this. <laughs> Mildred tries to dismiss Montag's action as tradition 
a tradition that firemen act out once a year. They find an old book and read it as a way to make fun of how silly the past was. (laughs) Uh, Faber tells Montag to confirm this lie. He's like, (laughs) say yes. (laughs) But one of the women is so shocked she begins to cry when he reads Dover Beach by English poet Matthew Arnold. I see. She's really upset (laughs) by it. Has she moved or like... No, she's traumatised. Trying to watch maps. <laughs> uh, Mildred's friends leave in disgust and break off their friendship with her. Whoa. God Whoa. damn it, Montag. Montag's your wife had friends. Yeah. Come on. This isn't just your life. You're playing with Montag. <laughs> and she's very upset by this, as you can understand. Runs into the bathroom and Montag can hear her rattling a bottle of sleeping, sleeping pills. Damn it. He's Mildred. Like, this has backfired spectacularly. <laughs> uh, Montag hides his books in the backyard before returning to the firehouse, his place of work. And Montag hands Beatty a book to cover for the one he believes that uh, he stole the night before. Because uh, he thinks, Beatty knows I stole the book. I'll give him one back and mm. say, this is trash, throw it away, and then yeah, I'll be clever. off the hook. Good. Did he just leave his wife, like, just <laughs> o- OD? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep, just, <laughs> go, just go, wanted go, to go. check. He's just like, babe, <laughs> I'm going to work. <laughs> so, yeah, he's now at work. He thinks he's getting away with it with Beatty. A fire alarm sounds and Beatty picks up the address from the dispatcher system and they drive recklessly in the fire truck to the destination and they get there and Beatty says to Montag, something the matter, Montag? Why, said Montag slowly, we've stopped in front of my house. Oh, <gasps> no. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my goodness. End of part two. Did Whoa. he not recognise his address? <laughs> 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 Fuck, sorry. Like, there's just so many times, like... Huh. <laughs> yeah, why did he not? No, I think it was the the captain got the address. Oh, and he, he did started hear driving it. there. Yeah. And then Montag's like, oh, my neighborhood. Oh, my street. Oh, oh, my building. Interesting. Oh, okay, oh, my I'm house. Slowing down. It's, yeah, it's weird right. that when I just read all that poetry out loud to people, <laughs> that there were ramifications for oh, my actions. Uh... Montag keeps picking, like, he picks a book, he picks the Bible. He's like, I gotta read something to people. He picks a poem. You need to ease into poems. Yeah, <laughs> you okay. can't just start you start on poems. start with C-spot run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, go, you go straight to Genesis and then <laughs> yeah, poetry. Yeah. That's difficult stuff. Exactly. So we're now into part three, the final part, which is called Burning Bright. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, Mildred gets into a cab with her suitcase out the front of their house and Montag realises that his own wife has betrayed him. She's the one that's called in the firefighters. Damn it, Mildred. Montag, I'm leaving you. <laughs> there are too many books in this house and I will not stand for it. Uh, Captain Beatty Captain Beatty orders Montag to burn his own house down. That's an intense order. Yeah. That's an intense thing. Can that's you not difficult. just burn the books... And rather than use what, uh, the usual salamander-engraved lighter that they usually start fires with, usually cool. they pour kerosene on stuff and then light it, he instructs him to use a flamethrower. All right, making an example. Yeah. yeah. Well, I kind of cool that he gets to use a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. pretty badass. That's pretty, that's pretty sick. sick. That's pretty sick. That's no, cool. That's, yeah. that's, fair. that's a cool weapon. Beatty says, your house, your cleanup. Oh. <laughs> sick. Oh. <laughs> Handing him a, a flamethrower. Yeah. Saying that. Beatty was planning that on the on the yeah, drive. He was like, like, "I fucking know. How this am I gonna? God, this is such a good line." Because <laughs> Beatty also like now he knows that he's been like fucking double betrayed. That's because true. He got given that book and he was like, "Yeah, don't yeah. Even think That's about right. it." Didn't work. Beatty's now pissed. <laughs> Shit. So uh, Montag he does burn everything, and when he's done, Beatty says, "When you're quite finished, you're under arrest." Whoa! So it's not off the hook. Beatty then also realizes that Montag has the green bullet in his ear. And he says that he will track down that guy too. Oh, no. Oh, man. Now he's like, I've got my friend in trouble. My, yeah. This old professor. 
So Montag points the flamethrower at his boss. <gasps> yeah, probably was actually a bad idea for <laughs> yeah, Betty to give yeah, him a, a horrific weapon. <laughs> yeah. But rather than back down, Beatty starts to goad him, calling him a fool and quoting Othello at him to make fun of him. Beatty, hang on. You can't yeah. be quoting famous <laughs> That's plays. That's right. <laughs> In our book-free world. Yeah. He's a complicated character. He reveals that he used to be a big reader. And with that, Montag pulls the trigger and burns him up real good. Whoa. Now yeah. you're the book. Yeah. <laughs> but then later on, Montag starts to think, hang on, did he goad me into that because he wanted me to kill him? Oh, that's, that's heavy He gave stuff. me the flamethrower. He, yeah. he started trash talking me. He set it up. Maybe he did this all on purpose. Uh, but anyway, Montag then knocks out the other firemen who are with them and uh, <laughs> All right. doesn't flame them. Anyway, no time to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he goes to run, but he is overcome by something I haven't explained in this world, and that is dogs. Uh-huh. Not regular dogs, but robot dogs. Oh, yes. that's cool. <laughs> like those ones we had in the 90s. Yes. <laughs> well, these are eight-legged robots used by the firemen to track down and punish people who are hiding books. Basically, they are given sense of their target and then let loose to track them down, and they inject them with needles, either with something that paralyzes them or kills them. That's so horrific. Yeah, what part of the dog is needles? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But they keep them like dogs in the firehouse. Oh, oh. are they painted like Dalmatians? Yes. <laughs> they should be. And they even they are when they're not uh, on on call when they're hanging out. You know, when you're waiting for the fire yeah. to go off, they uh, take bets. They bring in like chickens and mice or whatever, and they let the robot dogs. And they say. How long before they kill that chicken? <laughs> That's so intense. Yeah. This world... they, they're doing dog fights for fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can do crazy. dog fights with robot dogs, right? It morally... Not against chickens. Yeah, they're, they're probably not robot chickens. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, before he died, Beatty had set a hound to track Montag, and now it appears and attacks him. Uh-oh. It injects him in the leg, which paralyzes his limb but he's able to fight off the dog and destroy it with the flamethrower. They shouldn't have given him that flamethrower. What were they thinking? <laughs> should make those dogs out of the material they're making their houses out of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Montag then rescues some books he had hidden in his backyard because he's burned his whole house down. Mm. But he had a stash out yeah, back. lucky. And he runs for his mate, Professor Faber's house. He discovers that uh, another dog has been put on his tail, as well as a news crew and helicopter who aim to televise his capture and demise. Mm. So news does exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, televised and radio uh, news, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, and news stuff, uh, it's stuff like that promotes the state. Like, this man is a criminal. Now yeah, watch this us kill him. This man knows how to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, they, yeah. and people love that. Oh, yeah. sick, it's huge. Sick. Mm. Bring back tar and feathering, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Society would love that. <laughs> Uh, Faber tells Montag to go to the countryside where he can contact other exiled book lovers who formed a secret community. Oh, cool. Book club. (laughs) Uh, Faber's plan... (laughs) Is there a podcast there? (laughs) Uh, Faber's plan, he says, is to take a bus to St. Louis. He's the guy. He's either going from Spokane, Washington, (laughs) or from Delaware, (laughs) which I think is a little bit closer. (laughs) And then he'll join them later. That's what he says. I'll, I'll meet you up. Meet up with you guys later. But there's still the problem of the hound. Yeah, yeah, that is a problem. It has Montag's scent. He stays one step ahead of it by watching people's TVs through their windows. Because everyone, this is the biggest story. Mm, yeah. Man on loose, man reads books, we kill man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So Short, he can size to the point. I love the news. Yes, yeah. exactly. And he can see where the hound is because the helicopter's following it. So he's like, oh, I'll just, I'll just avoid that just, bit yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, clever. And to keep the hound from picking up his scent, he wades into a river and drifts away with the current. He washes ashore in the countryside, so he goes quite a long way out of the city, and he's overwhelmed by what he sees, all the smells, the sights mm. and sounds. Mm. He also sees five men sitting around a fire, the leader of whom welcomes in Montag. You see, the uh, the current has conveniently carried him. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> uh, they've been watching him on a portable TV. This leader of the group introduces himself as a man named Granger and gives Montag a drink that will change his scent so that the dog will give up looking for him. Oh, my God. Scent changing juice. I think it, like, even perfume. <laughs> like it changes his DNA or something. Oh, oh that's wild. cool. Yeah. Take a shower. Yeah, you know that this, he just handed you like a, yeah. like a bottle of piss or something. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, drink it all. It'll drink it all. Scent, it'll change your scent. <laughs> now you smell like my piss. <laughs> uh, but because everyone is watching on TV back in the city and because... The state don't want to let society know that a man got away. A scapegoat is shown on TV being killed by the dog. And an announcer then declares that Montag is dead and a crime against society has been avenged. I see. So everyone's happy. But now he's off the hook. And Granger says... Welcome back from the dead. Oh, there's a lot of cool lines yeah, in this. Yeah. Lot of cool lines. A lot of, lot of people with the lines here. And Montag then meets the other men of the group, who are all former intellectuals, uh, an outcast society dedicated to preserving books. Oh. You see, they have perfected a method of recalling word for word anything that they've read once, and each of them is charged with remembering a certain classic work. Uh, they then burn the work after, because yeah, okay. they're afraid of getting yeah. caught. But mm. now it's up. It's, uh, it's in, up the, in the, in the, in the brain. brain. Yeah, clever. And they refer to each other by their book. It's so nerdy. <laughs> I am Plato's Republic. <laughs> oh, yep. No, it's bad. It's bad. I like to read Marcus Aurelius. Mr. Simmons is Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Such a yeah. nerdy Yeah, thing. it's bad. It's bad. But it's also funny to imagine somebody being like, I'm I'm Plato's, what was it? Plato's. Plato's Republic. I'm Plato's Republic. Would you like to read Plato's like, Republic? No. <laughs> Chapter two. I, I can, can just read any, any bit of it. <laughs> and it's like, I'm a Mills and Boone romantic <laughs> yeah, novel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Granger explains that they are part of a network of thousands of people all over the country who have different books stored in their memories. That's great. They are sitting, waiting and storing this information for a time when society will change and needs books again. This way they won't be lost. They can pres- they can write them down. That's clever. Yeah, they've, they've figured out a way. Got to give it to them. And uh, it will be Montag's job to memorize Ecclesiastes from the Old Testament and Hebrew Bible. Oh, is that because he picked up the Bible before? Yeah, that's yeah, that was his book. He's like, oh, God, you guys have some really fun ones. <laughs> you want oh. to have a narrative. Yeah, oh. i got to do the Bible. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and do you think there's like a hierarchy of memory? Yeah, like sure. if you like, if I know War and Peace, and then I discover that Jackson has memorized like a short story, <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, this, "This is so unfair." Yeah, or a collection of short poems. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's mostly haikus. <laughs> about ten haikus. <laughs> yeah, no, ten haikus. <laughs> but they're all up there. Yeah, and I'm doing I, my part. Yeah, exactly. It's just as important. It's yeah, just come on. as important. A haiku is not as important. <laughs> so what you're saying? War and Peace. Some kind of censorship. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's not one of us. Yeah. Let's kill Tolstoy. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Dan Haikus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, suddenly they see jets flash over the city that drop their bombs. The nuclear war that was hanging hanging over the story oh, is upon them. Oh, oh, damn. We forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah. think that was real. Okay. Yeah. The intellectuals watch as the city is vaporized by the explosion. They're hit by the shockwave and are mostly safe from this explosion, as is uh, Faber, who, remember, was on a bus to St. Louis. Mm, that's right. Yeah. 
the fabled St. Louis. But everyone else that Montague ever knew is instantly killed. He thinks of his wife, Mildred, and suddenly is able to recall, ah, we first met in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's <laughs> nice. Uh, the next day, Granger tells Montague and the others about the legendary Phoenix and its en- endless cycle of long life, death in the flames, and rebirth. Mm. Symbolism. Mm. Yeah, there it is. He adds that the phoenix must have some relationship to mankind, which constantly repeats its mistakes, but explains that man has something the phoenix does not. Mankind can remember its mistakes and try to never repeat them. Damn. (laughs) I mean, the key word there is try. (laughs) Uh, The men head head towards the city to help the survivors rebuild from the ashes. The final line is Montag committing to memory a quote from Revelations. It says... And on either side of the river was their tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Yes, thought Montag, that's the one I'll save for noon, for noon, when we reach the city. <laughs> and that is the end of Fahrenheit 451. That's, yeah, yeah what a that's book. That's a book. <laughs> that is definitely a book with words. <laughs> Things happen. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely one of those books that, what am I trying to say? I'm sure it was very important when it came out. Well, it's very relevant, I suppose, to when it came out. Yeah. In the yeah. 1950s with, like, like McCarthyism and naming names. And I guess it's always going to be a little bit relevant. But it, it, it is funny. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I think any, like, post-war kind of version of the future is always really fun to compare what we actually have to what they think is going to be. Yeah. And I think that idea of, like, <clears throat> you know, books don't exist and there's all this censorship and... What? Like, like we've kind of gone on the opposite where there's, like, so much content... Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so much everything all the time. Yeah, now, now everyone can get their opinion out yeah, there. Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure, for sure. For better or worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a much better way to phrase it than what I was going where I was like, too many idiots related yeah. to <laughs> but it, but, and it, it is always funny to look at stuff in so far in the past that predicts the future, but he did get the TV screens, yeah. earbuds, and we all like to drive jet cars, am I right? <laughs> yeah. I love my jet car. Yeah, I was thinking how funny it is. Jackson, you can't drive. Yeah, okay, well, I don't drive my jet car. But yeah. I get, drive in cars with you other You don't drive people. a regular car. You drive a jet car. Yeah. That's fine. That's all that You're matters. saving yourself. <laughs> and it's so funny to imagine, like, yeah, he, he predicted so many things, but it, like, it just falls off toward the end. Like, I don't know, he predicted TVs, earbuds, uh, dogs with syringes. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, I was thinking, you know those videos that you see from Boston Dynamic of those, yeah, like, robot thing? That could be a dog. And in <laughs> a couple of decades' time, that thing could be coming for us with needles. They can put <laughs> syringes on it yeah. for reasons. More legs. <laughs> More legs make it quicker, I guess. Yeah. I think it's stable because it's always wobbly. <laughs> yeah, they ones. are pretty wobbly. <laughs> but then every now and then you see them pull off, like, dance moves that I could never even dream. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a real slap in the face. <laughs> yeah. That really, really hurts. But yeah, apart from that, do you see any other any other message for the now times? For the us. 2021s? Oh, the nowsies. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think, you know, literature is important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to read. It, it didn't feel like that he was getting onto a, a sort of a, a council cancel culture sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, it does. Being like, this minority group was offended. This minority group was offended. Yeah. But... Um, 
I guess we've had some <laughs> of that. Yeah, it is but difficult. then some of it's also been really good. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Like I think it's the so kind maybe of... like stopping hate hate speech is good. <laughs> yeah, but like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right for sure. It is the kind of like it's it is weird to hear that when that is the the like slippery slope argument you hear when they're like. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, we got to put a trigger warning on this. Soon we'll put a trigger warning on everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And there'll be no books and we'll have to set fire to any book that we find. It's like, it's sensationalist, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but uh, I think it's like, I was talking to my mum recently and in the, you know, COVID mm. pandemic that we're in, like talking to my mum and being like, were, were there like anti-vax people, were there kind of that mentality when you were younger? And yeah. she's like, they did exist, but they were so far on the fringe mm. that it didn't really matter. And so then nowadays she's so confused by that kind of movement where I guess we kind of grew up in it a little bit more where people had not the right but mm. the stupidity to be like science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's it's an opinion. For sure. And I think as well, like, the 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 fact that everybody can have their opinion mm. means that you can, people can reinforce each other and yeah. find little communities and get in that little cycle of those little, uh, like, echo chambers and then, yeah, yeah you have, like, an anti-vax to, movement or whatever. tend to blame social media. Um, and I, I, was, I was having this conversation with a couple of artists the other week where they were like, oh, social media is, like you know, such a indicative of the fact that we are all narcissists now. Mm. And I don't think that's inherently true because I think I remember being a kid and if anyone went on vacation, I'd have to watch this slideshow of them being on vacation. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> like I think we're inherently all protagonists in our mm. own reality and we want to think of ourselves as the protagonist. We want to think everyone's interested in what we're doing. For sure. But the the problem with social media is that, yeah, it becomes an echo chamber because it's very easy to find like-minded people and in terms of what we're seeing now with a lot of hate speech, it's really easy for hateful people to find other hateful people. For sure. Probably 20, 30 years ago, if you were hateful, you'd literally have to go find a group of Nazis Yeah, that's somewhere. right. And it's yeah. hard to just advertise that on the mainstream. Uh, yeah, you're like, are you a Nazi? Yeah. But now, not that bad. Like, <laughs> people are not ashamed to do that, Yeah, which is yeah, yeah. crazy. I, I think this weird thing happened where all of a sudden all of humanity with access to an internet connection, was having one big conversation. Mm. But, like, in my life, I pick who I talk to because I pick the people I like talking to. (laughs) But I don't have a choice anymore, you know what I mean? I am having a conversation with the rest of the world by be- by virtue of being online, and that was probably a mistake. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I think the internet. We we I think we should be regretting should just ever figuring yeah. that out. You know, so what rather I mean? than burning books, we should be burning computers. Yes. Yeah, burn the cable. <laughs> yeah, burn those lines. The the cables the sharks are always attacking yeah. or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah. pull them up. But there's so much good stuff that the internet gave us, like yeah, the internet. Yeah, but would we be better off without it? I think. Uh, we're allowed to have Netflix and streaming services. Yeah. Because I don't want to watch TV on a schedule. But you can go to Video Easy, get a VHS. <laughs> That's pretty good. Fine. <laughs> like Video Easy. <laughs> VHS, I'm past DVD. That's what this, that's what this is all, was always been about. <laughs> get rid of the internet. <laughs> Blockbuster's opening up again. We're going to get VHSs. It's going to be great. Make a documentary about you, the first Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. The first Blockbuster back. That's right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what I found really ironic when looking into this story was um, Fahrenheit 451 has been uh, constantly banned from several school <laughs> districts That's so because funny. it uses the phrase God damn. Yeah. <laughs> and the school board felt that this language was inappropriate for students to read. And then over time, uh, the publisher without Bradbury's knowledge started changing some of the words. 
and by the a few decades had passed without him knowing it, 70 different words had been changed in the book. That's so And funny. he had to be like, whoa, 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 no. And <laughs> no, went back to the on. publisher to recall the other books to try and That's amazing. get his original version 70 whole words. <laughs> 70 whole words. It's just so funny to write up. It's, you'd like, this is the exact yes. thing I didn't want yeah. to happen. <laughs> didn't you read this. the book? This yeah. is what it's about. Like, no, no, I didn't read the book. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> It would feel good to burn a copy of it, though, I think, yeah. a little bit. It would be yeah. a bit fun. For you the know? spectacle of it. Yeah. If we were doing the test, if our oven was hot enough, yeah. you'd have to use that. Yeah. Of course, 100%. Out of respect. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there, like, I feel like I've seen a post shared around, funny talking about internet or whatever, but it's a copy of this book, but it's got, like, a match striker thing on the side. On the spine. So on the spine of the book so that you can strike a match on it and, I guess, set the book on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why... Why you would want that, but that's, yeah, I've, I've seen a copy of the book. With, I don't know if it's that's, actually, if that's it works. That's, like, it's been designed by someone who got a, like, they, they heard the word firefighters and were like, yeah, we can figure it out. Yeah, yeah, we can make We can make, <laughs> we can make fire, yeah, I know yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's fine. Book, book is a big matchbox. <laughs> I, I know. You'd regret setting fire to a book you owned. Even if that was what it was designed for, you'd be like, oh. No. Oh, I should fire to books. It's fun. Yeah, what book? Like, any old book that I don't think an op shop would want. <laughs> Not because it's slope checks. Yeah, not but no, that I should contextualize that I'm not just setting books on fire. Yeah. I set all my rubbish on fire. Okay. So in a bonfire with in a, a bonfire additional rubbish. with all my papers. Yeah. There it goes did, my books. It did just sound like a hobby. The way you phrased it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I just set books on fire and then I was like what kind? What? And you're like, just ones that other gop shops want. I was like, what? How are you determined? What are you saying? 15 years and I've never seen you burn a book before. Yeah. How did you keep this secret? Would you say that it's a pleasure to burn? Oh. Ooh, it is a, it, I'm indifferent to the burn. <laughs> That's fair. Thinking about those marshmallows. Yeah, they're a pleasure to burn. Oh, what a oh I, ta- I tell a lie. Yeah. Because nothing was more invigorating than burning my year 12 textbooks. Oh, yeah, that does sound good. I think that's, that's yeah. a laugh. Yeah, yeah. that is good. That felt... <laughs> I had a, a book explode in the back of a car once because it got too hot. That's not really a catching what? fire. Well, it didn't explode, but, like, the glue melted and the book just kind of came apart. <laughs> it's not quite the it's same imploded. thing. Imploded. Yeah, I suppose it's more imploded. <laughs> in the future, we melt books. <laughs> <laughs> we leave books in hot cars. Yes. <laughs> they're still readable, but Whoa. they're just not together anymore. <laughs> There's, there's no cover on yeah, it. Yeah, well, it's, it's, you can still do it, but that was good, actually, because, like, I remember that book had exploded in the back of the car, and I we were on a drive somewhere, like a road trip, and then I needed a book, so I collected all of the pages together, and I still read it. I still a journalist it yeah. trying to make sense of the case. Yeah, like, <laughs> stuck it all together as best I could, big sheaves of paper. Yeah, it was good. Your childhood, man. Your fucking childhood. Yeah. That was not that long ago. Oh, I would have been in my twenties, definitely. Fuck. Oh, uh, well, there's only thing, one thing left to do, and that is we uh, usually give the book a score out of five. Okay. okay. How we feel about it? I, I, I don't know. It, it's such a, it's considered such a classic. Yeah. And the language is nice. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. As for as for the story, uh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah like, like maybe a two. Yeah, I was gonna say two. Two out of five. Yeah, two. but I give a five out of five to Millie. Um, 
Mag- Vanilli. <laughs> yeah, Billy Vanilli. Mildred. Mildred. Oh, I yeah, give yeah. five out of five to Mildred, who I love. Yeah. I would die oh, for. She had a TV great. room. That is cool. Yeah, that yeah. is sick. Imagine mm. that fourth wall. Oh, Ooh. damn. And a TV floor and yeah. a TV ceiling. But is there a door in one of the screens? How is she getting in <laughs> Yeah, there? I guess one would have to have, like, just a little nook that you can... I like, think like, you, you don't crawl leave. in, like, a yeah. dog door. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to. You don't <laughs> yeah. need to leave. Do that and you die in there. JB Hi-Fi seals you up in there. It's your tomb. Count of Monticello or whatever yourself. <laughs> Perfect. So both of you are giving it a two out of five. I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. That's yeah, fair. that's fair. That's fair. You got to read the beautiful yeah, words. Yeah. I, I, I usually give pretty high scores too. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Just mainly out, mainly out of guilt. <laughs> Taking the this did, author's work. It did feel bad to give it a two. Because like I know it's famous, but yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like that interesting a story. Maybe some... I like to remind myself that things aren't necessarily bad. They're just not for me. Yeah, true. Great. True. Yeah. Love that. Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. Not for me. I also, I've already done Brave New World on this show. I also didn't quite feel like that was for me. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, all right. That is a slog of and, a book. And yeah. of the three big dystopian ones, I think 1984, Left to Go. Mm. So we'll Hopefully see. that one is for yeah, you. That yeah. is for me. I mean, I actually have read that one in school before. Oh, okay. And I remember... Quite liking it. Well, it's got a lot of so funny we'll, words in so it. We'll see. <laughs> well, not by the time I'm through with it. <laughs> 70 words will be changed. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me, Fahrenheit 451. Um, what a book. Thanks what a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys do millions of podcasts. It's true. I'm An inhumane amount of podcasts. Yeah, Great stuff. Feel for your mouth. Things that will not be banned in the future. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is nice to know, but should be banned in the future. You know? We found out that a couple of our podcasts oh, yeah. got put in a... Um, uh, in a vault, uh, in an yeah. archive. Oh, what some, sort of archive? Some, I, uh, they were doing a study. It was it. like it was like they were doing what a study of two million podcasts. Yeah, and and we were one of them. Yeah, and oh. so we for the future people will have reference for us. Yeah, hundreds of years in the future, people will be able to find. I love that. What the hell is it? It's the... it was this um, Wisconsin University, I think, something like that. Yeah, an episode of Duga One got added to the Australian Film and Television Archive. That oh, rules. Yeah, that's that's sick. so yeah. exciting. Yeah. The future. I mean, they don't pay you to do it, but <laughs> no, you know. it's a nice thing to yeah, think of, like gold. kind of like a time capsule. Yeah. You'll dig it up one day, yeah. and then you'll be being like, "Digs, digs, digs." <laughs> yeah, it was because they were putting something together about video games, and we did. Um, an episode on the video games crash in the 1980s. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah that's an episode so cool. that I can't remember much about, but... Must have been a highlight for them. <laughs> that's right. They it's in the archives it. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I can't find it. Somewhere. It's somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, if we can't find it there, we could probably find it on Sandspans Radio's website, Yeah, right? sandspansradio.com. Head there. Click on any of them. They're all good. Yeah. Most of them are good. We're in most of them. So. Yeah, what, exactly. what are some of the, the programs that you guys Well, do? I think the uh, one of the ones that I'm in that I think is in the archive is Thumb Cramps, which is a video game review podcast where... Me and the two Joels, who I think have been on the show as well before. Yep. We each uh, play a video game that week, or one of us gets, you know, distracted has, and doesn't. Yeah, or <laughs> has a fight with a telephone company. Or on one episode, I reviewed being way too sick to do the episode. This is pre COVID. That episode rules. I'm so genuinely angry to be there. I think I was like, you know, like when you're so sick that the idea of moving makes you like want to yeah. cry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like that sick. And they're like, Jackson, how's being sick? And I'm like, <laughs> How do you feel? Bad that I'm here. <laughs> so yeah, listen to thumb cramps. <laughs> thumb cramps and um, why am I sad? Which is uh, our mental health podcast where none of us are professionals, but we're taking on your problems. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> 
Fantastic. There's heaps of heaps of those podcasts. Very funny stuff. Thank you. Thanks. I'm a big fan. So uh, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, I am at BookCheatPod on social medias. Beautiful. And um, yeah, if anyone wants to burn this podcast, please <laughs> feel free. Uh, go ahead. Tag us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can get in contact with me uh, and suggest a book. There's a link in the description of this episode. Like I said, if you want to tell me why I should do a book, I will get to it. And um, just to finish this off, I really hope that... That Anna Langdon from Bristol has finally been able to have that conversation <laughs> with your She's teacher. She's been stalling yeah. for six years. <laughs> yeah, finally. So, let me know how it goes, Anna. I'd love to know how well that conversation goes. Just, uh, you know, if you just say, you love to burn. Yeah. Like yeah. I love so burning, burning books. Burning. It's Ooh. so good. It's fun and it's that was, funny. Yeah. It was an instructional kind of like <laughs> yeah. an anarchist cookbook situation. <laughs> All right, I'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. But until then, I'll say thank you for listening. And as I always say, books forever! (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.